Welcome to Never End the Story, a rewatch podcast where we watch the movies of our childhood, along with Tepper, a grown man who's never seen them before. I'm your host, Ivan, the man of constant sorrow. I'm Connor, coming at you with my new recording setup. We'll see how this goes. I'm Jeff, and I'm the George Clooney of every group. And I'm Tepper. They let me out of the trunk long enough that I could get my degree. Thanks for that, guys. I mean, that was just opting into extra torture. Like, of course I was fine with it. This week we'll be watching Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Directed by the Coen Brothers, released in 2000. That sounds so weird when you just say 2000. It's so few syllables. George Clooney's character's childhood home, shown at the end of the film, is actually based on the cabin from The Evil Dead. Uh, Joel Cohen was an assistant editor on that film. It was his first feature. Uh, I think I brought this movie to us this week. Correct. Why? Why did you do this? Um, growing up, this was one of many movies introduced to my household by the great arrival of my mom's boyfriend. Um, and yeah, I watched this movie one time with my stepbrother. That sounds right. Stepbrother. That's how that works. Uh, and yeah, I watched it a bunch of times. Had a lot of fun with it. I really enjoy the soundtrack. Does anyone else have a personal connection to this film? I've never seen it, but I'm excited to watch it. That's what I bring to the table. I'm a fan of the Coen brothers, and this is this is an interesting one because they often are like a bit more comedic in that like kind of weird way. Like not in any like not that they can do dark comedies, but sometimes it is and it, but it's not absurd, it's just kind of like a series of strange events and this movie again isn't like yeah like funny or absurd too much but it's just kind of like an interesting experience where some stuff they've done like burn after reading always stuck out to me as just kind of like what was the point of this jeff why do you take our comedy podcast so seriously uh because i'm super <laughs> pretentious and i have to make people think I'm artistic and smart. Also, Chris wouldn't let us put that we're a comedy podcast on iTunes, so we're technically a movie podcast. We're 100% a comedy podcast. Well, yeah, if I'm here, right? it's a comedy podcast. I'm so funny. You're welcome, guys. We're definitely a lot funnier than we are good at talking about movies. Uh, Yeah. We're showing Tepper the poster for the movie. Please describe the poster and... Tell us what do you think the movie's about. Uh, so at the top, in black font, oh brother, uh, comma, where art thou? Question mark. Um, the text in the top left is, I can't quite make that out. Enhance. I think it says selections from. That's what I, that's what I think, but. This is, I think, maybe for the album not the yeah the where it says how leonard at the bottom i believe does sheet music for like uh screenplays and soundtracks so this This isn't a movie poster you messed up this was the highest quality version i found i didn't notice that here here's the movie poster (laughs) jesus (laughs) lower res it's the same thing it's great i know you see why i didn't notice (laughs) Uh, (laughs) this one has more words on it yeah there's a subtitle i can't read it Uh, 
Enhance. That doesn't do anything. They have a hand. Uh, okay, so at, at the top now, uh, George Clooney, uh, John, I'm not going to try to pronounce that, uh, Tim Blake Nelson, and something Goodman. Uh, oh, brother, where art thou? In black text and more centered on this poster. Um, and at the bottom in a field of green are... Oh, here comes another one. This one high res. Oh god, you guys need more. Perfect. This one actually is like legible. Yeah, it's smaller. It's smaller, but it's better quality. Yeah. I don't know what strange hell I slipped into <laughs> where Tepper just describes the same movie poster <laughs> as you post like increasingly saturated versions of it. <laughs> like eventually, it's just gonna be a blob of color, and it'll just be like, "Oh brother, where art thou?" In black you text, you can read can read the tagline on this one. It's they have a plan, but not a clue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that is the tagline. This one's my favorite so far. Like the angle is perfect. <laughs> Someone took a picture of the poster. Oh my God, no! <laughs> it's like a forty-five degree angle for listeners. Uh, so someone took a picture of the poster. It's so good because there's so little to describe about the poster. <laughs> and we haven't gotten to it yet except for the title. At the top, George Clooney. John, I'm not going to try to pronounce that. Tim Blake Turturro. Nelson. Uh, Turturro? Okay, yeah, Turturro. Uh, and John Goodman. Oh, brother, uh, comma, where art thou? Question mark. Uh, tagline, they have a plan, but not a clue. And uh, in a field of green are uh, three men in uh, prison outfits, the black and white striped, with chains, I think, attaching them to each other. Um, And then at the bottom, it just says, like, it has the, you know, the information, touchstone, pictures, Universal Studios present in association with all those people. I don't need to go through it all. And then you sure don't. Uh, yeah, and then it just says, yeah, uh, the Coen brothers at the bottom. So what's it about? Um, I'm thinking, so it's those three guys are escaping, uh, from prison. Pretty easy assumption to make, uh, and pretty reasonable, I feel like. Um, I'm gonna make the guess of their, um, they're stuck together by the chains and they don't have a way to break it and they have to kind of fumble their way through escaping and dealing with each other in that situation. Okay, uh, what's right. the B-plot? Uh, Bonus points for B-plot as we learned last episode. Yeah. Uh, this poster gives no much, much harder to guess at this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll give you a gold medal if you get it right. Oh, I'll get you a plastic go. one from the dollar store. You uh, so one of the three characters is trying to get back to his wife. All right, that's a reasonable guess. Yeah. That... Oh, here's the Japanese one. There's so many posters. <laughs> They're all the same. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there are some slight variations, but they're a little more spoilery. You guys, not even really, but do you guys actually want me to describe this? They're farther away in this one. No. Yes and no. Yes, they're closer and farther. Uh, this variation of the poster is all in Japanese. In Japanese. A much smaller resolution. Um, 
Like, every poster is getting smaller. <laughs> um, and uh, the main variation from the uh, original poster is that there are um, close-up pictures of the three main characters. Uh, holding, like, those, uh, you know, like in... Like, mugshots. Yeah, mugshots. Yeah, that was the name uh, the word I was looking for. George Clooney is such a handsome man. Fuck. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's the Japanese poster. You guys got any more you want to send me? I wasn't going to, but I can't not share this one. Oh, God. We need more posters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go, uh, Tepper, describe. Okay. Um, oh, Winnie the Pooh. Um, do you not know their names? I'm just, is, uh, uh, I, they're just at the top. I wasn't seeing one. Uh, Eeyore. Mopey. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, I, no it's Mopey, Eeyore, and Bouncy okay. Tigger. Yeah, Mopey, Eeyore, Bouncy Tigger, Little, Little Piglet. Piglet. Oh, brother, where art no. thou? Oh, bother. Or, oh, Jesus, I was like, so, <laughs> I repeated the same thing so yeah, many times. Yeah, oh, bother, where art thou? And then it's got pictures of uh, Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, and Eeyore in the uh, same field. Yep. All right. That's enough of that. <laughs> Save me. All right. We'll see you after the film. Well, I don't want pop, goddammit. I'm a Dapper Dan man. Watch your language, young fella. This is a public market. Now, if you want Dapper Dan, I can order it for you. Have it in a couple of weeks. Well, ain't this place a geographical oddity? Two weeks from everywhere. And we're back. So, what did everyone think? Bring out the log. Oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like my, my overall thoughts on it is um, the first 20 minutes I found kind of kind of boring. I, I didn't really get into the movie too much. Um, but kind of right around the time that they meet the, uh, the sirens... Uh, the movie started really, really hooking me. I was getting into it. And, uh, like, the second half of the movie was just awesome across the board. I quite liked it. Yeah, especially with the the main character's name being Ulysses. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere. Like, it, it, there's some obvious allegories there to, like, some, you know, very old, the, like, the, the ogre. Greek hero tales. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the it one is eye and the, stuff like the that. The Cyclops, yeah. Or yeah, Cyclops, yeah, not is. Ogre, Jesus. Yeah. Like, it, it does say in the opening that it is based on the Odyssey. Oh, okay. I was mm-hmm. really not paying attention. Um, yeah, then. yeah, it does. Uh, apparently, the Coen brothers, according to them, have never actually read the Odyssey, and it, that was entirely based on just kind of what they knew about it. Yeah, like cultural that's things. That, yeah. Yeah, that that's actually up. interesting, yeah. That was the piece of trivia I wasn't going to use. Yeah, because I, like, I was thinking about it was like... Um, I know roughly what happens in it, but I had never actually read it. Um, so it was like when the siren showed up and the um, the Cyclops and the when he goes home and finds his, um, other uh, suitors for his wife and things like that. Like, yeah, um, I was aware of that stuff. But yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was a good, good movie, uh, except for like the first 20 minutes, which I found. Yeah, just a bit dull. I, it's been a while since I've seen this, because, as I said before, I'm a fan of the Coen Brothers movies, so I've tried to keep up with it, and I kind of forgot about, like, I don't want to call it a subplot, because music was actually, like, kind of a big part of the plot, 
but I had forgotten about that, like, they that they were making friends with a guy who totally wasn't Robert Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a neat, like, uh, like side plot that they had going with the music and everything. Like, yeah. I almost got the feeling that they were pulling a bit of a Forrest Gump at certain times. Like, and mm, with, like, the yeah. gangster they ran into. Like, it was kind of like, a, like, who is this guy supposed to be from this time period? I love your description of that guy as him basically going around screaming uh, uh, Death Grips lyrics. <laughs> well, yeah, when they were when the cops were mar- like when they had like a whole army of like torchbearers marching him down the street, and he was just like, "Go to prison, <laughs> like death sentence, electric chair, ten thousand volts," and he's just like laughing the whole way. It's like, wow, <laughs> this guy's Man. committed. It's unhelpful that that the character's name is George Nelson and the main actors have the name George and Nelson in their names. Mm, so, because yeah. I remember, I I remember reading a piece of trivia about who he was based off of, and trying to find that in this list of trivia is mm. proving more difficult. I think my favorite bit of trivia is the second bit of trivia on IMDb, which is about uh, George Clooney not oh, understanding yeah. his character. Yes. So and... he sent it to um his. Uh, uncle yeah a tobacco farmer and had him record the him reading the script <laughs> but he was a devout baptist so he left out all of the words damn and hell that's pretty neat trivia um yeah prop uh one of the things that really impressed me over the course of the movie was the um like the lighting coloring and um set like set design was it was, it's a really beautiful movie to look at. Um, uh, like there were there were a couple shots that were just like I was like, yeah, that's that's really nice. Um, and it, it was um, once the movie got a bit more bizarre, I really started to like it. Um, like with the whole the whole siren sequence was like, is this a horror movie now? Uh, <laughs> I really wanted it to just suddenly like left turn into a horror film. So I was, I was like, this, this... they left his horror. Yeah, and I mean, the the Coen Brothers did No Country for Old Men, which yeah, yeah, yeah. Depending yep. on uh, how supernatural you want, that's a that's a pretty scary movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the the whole KKK scene was. It was <laughs> like, <laughs> well, because they have like these multiple, uh, multiple scenes of like people in white, white robes going to like pray or like, like, you know, doing a hymn. And then it's just like the final one is the KKK and it's like, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's interesting how the movie merges the story of the Odyssey with actual like historical characters and moments and yeah uh and even like uh u.s cultural stories of the time yeah like merging the two mythologies kind of into one not quite mythology for the united states but uh i mean some of it like not all is what i'm saying yeah yeah like i was just thinking like like sometimes the way we remember past of events is almost like a mythology of how it actually happened uh so the significant things we remember about that time um 
Yeah, it's difficult for me to explain, but uh, yeah. But you no, know, like you're absolutely right. Like it's it's really cool to see a modern interpretation of the um, of the Odyssey by to uh, by directors who have never uh, read the Odyssey, but just know it through cultural uh, like like uh, the major parts of it that have passed into popular culture. Uh, and from what little I know, they've done a pretty solid job of it. I, I was thinking throughout the movie uh, too. I was like. I would love to watch this movie again and uh, also, like, read the Odyssey and watch this movie and see what I think after doing that. Well, let us know. Check out Feldia's blog at (laughs) downloadablezebras.com. I haven't updated it in a while. (laughs) Yeah, but you've done your degree now, so you can just read the Odyssey a couple times. I mean, I, I I do want to read the Odyssey sometimes, so I guess this is a good excuse as any to do it. Uh, for anyone curious, Babyface Nelson, the historical figure he is based on, is Lester M. Gillis, a hot-tempered uh, gangster who got shot down three years before this movie. Gunned down by FBI agents. Nice. Yeah. Doesn't sound very nice. Like I mean, they got him, but <laughs> he he had an itchy trigger finger, as was well represented in the movie. Yeah, yeah. The setting and the storytelling is very is quite good. Yeah, the beginning's a little slow, and like, yeah, not much is happening. Yeah, and like I found, um, like like the movie does a good job of kind of developing the characters a bit more later in the movie but in the beginning they're just such cardboard cutouts and um yeah like not much happens and like i wasn't super interested in the dialogue um i just wasn't engaged in the movie in general like at that point um but once they really like once they started traveling more and yeah like they got to the sirens part um that that's where I really started get, getting interested in the movie. Um, because, like, they were, they started, like, developing the characters more. Uh, the situations they were getting into were more interesting as well, I found. Yeah. Tepper, Tepper's got a type. It's wet women. Wet white women. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> that's why you started getting interested in the movie. They really developed those characters. I just think they were they were being efficient. They were washing their clothes and their bodies at the same time. Like we yeah. should all look to them as an example of environmentalism. If you're gonna if you're gonna wash your stuff in a river, you're gonna get wet. So may as well go the whole way. The scene where they shot the cow was very upsetting to me. I did not <laughs> like it. it. Made me very upset. It is one of the like if you. Because you could look at any movie and be like, what are a couple scenes that maybe you could take out to make it flow better or that were just gratuitous? And yeah, it's like him just shooting his gun into the air and robbing a bank definitely got the message across to me. He didn't need to just like, like in the same scene he shoots those cows, he also shoots at a bunch of cops, like in a a car chase. But again, like, yeah, they made their point. No one should hate cows. Cows are very good. At being tasty. hey That too. I still eat cows, but, like, cows are good friends. <laughs> uh, yeah, cows exactly. Cows are friends and food. Yeah, I, I need cheese in my life. 
I mean, you don't kill a cow to get cheese. <laughs> I know, that's why I'm saying, like, they are friends. <laughs> I guess, yeah, anyone anyone who provides me cheese is They are is part of that process. And so. they're a, yeah, it's true. I wonder how many degrees that was related to the movie. Because, I mean, it had cows in it. Um... I don't know. I don't know how you got the idea that Tommy Johnson was based on Robert Johnson. That's just I, I just figured everyone picked that up, and I wouldn't have to explain it. I just, I just noticed, like, I forgot that Tommy's last name is actually Johnson. Well, exactly. I forgot about the musical very, stuff. Very there. So when they were like, "What's your name?" and he's like, "Tommy Johnson." I'm like, "Oh, like literally, that's just like they pretty much did everything except." use his full name, which I can't tell if that's, like, insulting or if it is just, like, oh, at some point someone probably has a copyright. Yeah, I imagine they just, they didn't want to directly use any real names for people to be like, hey, you're misrepresenting these people. Yeah, saves some potential problems. Um, you know, like, like, I'm thinking about it, and, like, the movie was just so solid just all around that it's hard to really find things to critique about it at least for me i found the so the whole scene with the um lawman at the end when he goes to the cabin i don't know that felt a little bit forced to me he was tracked by the scent of his hair (laughs) that's a that's a legitimate thing not his hair the dapper dan but in in the odyssey ulysses is tracked by the scent of his hair Oh, okay. I, I, I don't. I didn't know that part of it. So that makes that yeah, okay. That makes more sense. That's part of the Odyssey. But uh, huh. okay. Yeah, I didn't know that part. Uh, more, more so. It was like, I mean, I know they go. We don't have radios here, but it was like, the the main conflict of them being pursued, or like, like main conflict of them being criminals was resolved, and then they go like, actually, it wasn't resolved, and then did this whole scene. Um, well, they had to make a religious point i guess yeah like and that's where i say like it didn't i i at least to me when i was when i was watching that scene it didn't mesh as well with the rest of the movie um but i understand why they put that scene in uh you know to you know finally like resolve the overall conflict with the guy who's been chasing them uh also you know they had talked about the whole area flooding several times so they're firing that Chekhov's gun. Um, Some people just become lawmen so they can hunt down people and kill them. Evidently. <laughs> like, the dude's a total psycho. Uh, so, we yeah. See, we, we see you have a friend. I guess, we'll, I guess we'll bury him, too. Yeah, that was really fucked up. Like, it was like, dude didn't do anything wrong. Uh, but yeah, so that, that, like, final scene, I was a little not... I, d- I didn't like that one too much, but uh, after the first 20 minutes, like, this movie is really good. Um, the music is great. Oh, I loved the music. That was one point I wanted to make. Mm, Jesus. Yeah. The yeah, soundtrack yeah, yeah. of this movie is so fucking good. Yeah, it's my favorite part of the movie by far. Oh. It sold better than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that. I, it's so weird like the this the first trivia on imdb is written oddly because it's like the film soundtrack became an unlikely block blockbuster it's just like hmm yeah i feel like that's yeah that's weird phrasing 
Yeah. Oh, the third piece of trivia. Oh, I'm so upset now. What was what's... George Clooney practices singing for weeks, but in the end, his singing oh, voice yeah. was dubbed by country blues singer. Uh, I can't pronounce that last name. Dan Timinski. Yeah. Oh. On the topic, on the topic of people whose names I can't remember, um, the the acting performances were good in this movie. But at the same time, like, I definitely feel like Clooney was supposed to be doing a lot of the work. And, like, again, some of, like, the side characters, it's a weird thing, too, where, like, in Coen Brothers movies, there's always a couple, like, very eccentric characters. So, like, John Goodman's character was neat, but, and, like, so was the, um, the people running for election. But do you know what I mean, where they were kind of caricatures? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, they did a good job, but, and, like, the main characters were all still human, but, like, one of the main party of three was, like, a simpleton. Pete Hogwallop, played by John, uh, ah. John Tortoro. Tortoro. Yes. Tortoro. Yeah, not, not him, the other guy was the simpleton, but yeah. Yeah, I actually really agree with that, where, like, parts of the side cast, like, they were good, but they weren't exceptional. And exactly for the reasons that you described, where they just, um, they lacked, like, the depth. Yeah, they, they just really lacked, like, yeah, they just, like, lacked depth. They were just there to represent a certain thing. Um, well, that was the whole point of the movie, you know, filling in that valley with water is, like, trying to compare anyone's depth of acting to George Clooney. You just can't. Yeah, you know, George Clooney is so good in this movie. All thanks to his uncle Jake. Yeah, like, like his his voice is is uh, like his accent in this is great. Yeah, and like like the scenes with his family, like he does a very good job of conveying like the emotion of like how much he cares for them, uh, which was like really nice to see. Yeah, he's also very he's very well written. Like he is he is a very smart con artist. He uses very very big words. Right at right from the beginning, it's like, were any of you trained in the metallurgic arts? <laughs> yeah. Or even just, I found like when he would be talking to the other two main characters, like a main cast, like he would just kind of keep talking fast and use yeah, like better words and grammar than they could, and it was like, yeah, like they probably would just like, and you could tell like, uh, John Torturo's character kind of resented him for it. And we'd be like, well, like, why are you in charge? And it's like, well, he's probably the only one of you three with an education. <laughs> yeah, basically. Also, like, when they, when they, uh, when they face, uh, the Cyclops in the movie, and he just breaks a branch off the tree and fucking beats them over the head with it. That was such a rant. Like, I was like, I was like, wait, what? Like, like, because when he was pulling the branch, I was like, is he gonna, holy shit, he is. And... <laughs> And uh, George Clooney's character just yeah. sits there as he hits his fucking friend. Oh yeah, yeah. he's so chill about what's I, going on. I'm in just that going, moment. and then he gets fucking smashed in the face out cold. What's oh, up, like, what's up, Big Dan? Yeah, just oh man. And like, what a way to rob someone! Like, hey, come, come have lunch with me. I'll beat you over the head with a stick I just pulled off this, or a branch I just pulled off this tree, and take well, your money. Pay for my lunch. Come, come yeah. uh, pack your lunch up as a picnic. Get me some more lunch. Kill your frog. Yeah, then yeah, just like he didn't need to kill the frog. Like what a jerk. 
Well, especially when he was like, you know, these things can give you warts, and then like smooshes it all over his hand, and it's like, so what were you telling me that for? Like, yeah, you're the one who's gonna get warts now, you idiot. He's trying to prove it to you. Look, I've got warts now. <laughs> yeah, that. Well, and like, just like I said, what was he like? He like sells he sells the word of God, and like sales are really good right now. Oh man, that movie had a lot of really good, just like lines in general no no i want dapper dan i want fop damn it yeah dapper dan man yeah is everything two weeks away from here (laughs) it's a geological oddity well there's the scene at like when they go to the next general store and he's like ordering it and they specifically have to show the guy like look you have it use your like stick to get it off the high shelf (laughs) yeah and when the valley flooded, like, most of the stuff floating around in the water was just, like, dapper Dan cases. Yeah, well, because our establishing shot of the cabin is the dog sniffing the cabinet with, yeah. with, like, 40 of them in it. You buy in bulk. Yeah, and the, um... That's, like, Costco's whole premise. Uh, the, uh... At the KKK rally, like, well, one of the lines that got me is, like, and the people who claim we're from monkeys, and it's just like <laughs> that ain't my culture. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. <laughs> and uh, oh man, so yeah, like it, it's hard to like go through them all just because there's like the movie's writing is very clever, like across the board. I find that's almost kind of like the 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 shame of this movie is it might be a little too good for what we normally have on the podcast where like normally we'd sit here complaining about things for an hour but i feel like we're all just gonna kind of be like there was this one weird thing for me but otherwise yeah this uh like this movie holds up yeah it, it's similar to when we watched like back to the future where we were all just kind of like oh, well that's a class that's no, an absolute classic no 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 but what i'm what i'm if you'll let me finish what i was saying is is like we all sat around and basically went this movie is really good and this is kind of the same deal of, like, it's hard to find things to really, really criticize or even laugh about. Like, we can only praise this movie so much. Ulysses uh, has too many goddamn children. Yeah, he does. He, he had, like, daughters. six or seven oh, daughters. Yeah, seven daughters. Oh, and I uh, guessed the B-plot correctly? Uh, I mean, it's kind of the A-plot. Yeah, yeah. This movie obfuscates it in a weird way because you think like he doesn't even mention the the thing about the family because he's like guys we're gonna like go get that like gold i buried and then it's like oh you were just a con man who wanted to get back to your family like that seem would have seemed to be a reasonable thing to also tell the two dudes you're breaking out of jail with it's basically the plot of oceans i was not gonna put this in other movies (laughs) in the uh clooney verse (laughs) But oh my god! <laughs> is it just, wait quickly? Is it the plot of every George Clooney movie? Go. <laughs> George Clooney is an immortal con man <laughs> who just wants to get back with his family. His, his character in Ocean's Eleven is the exact same as uh, Old Brother Art, though. Pretty much. But before he can get back to his wife, he's got to do one more score, <laughs> and also wear a rubber nipple bat suit. Oh, hell oh, yeah. yeah. Next summer, George Clooney in Batman Forever 2. I'd watch that. Oh, I'd watch Like, I wouldn't be happy about it, but I'd watch it. <laughs> I'd hunt down George Clooney to get a signed copy. 
Which one of George Clooney's families over the over the decades was killed that made him to become Batman? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> All of his families are dead. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yes, it's not that George Clooney never got married. It's just that every time he tried, someone would like kill them before the wedding day and be like no like you're gonna be in this shitty batman movie now <laughs> george clooney pissed off someone so bad that they hold an internal grudge against him it's like okay that's the ninth wife i'm done with this i'm becoming batman <laughs> it's like clearly it's it's it must be me so i must put a stop to this <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's been a while since we watched a really good movie, so I figured I figured we could give this to Tepper. It's a good uh, palate cleanser after uh, Clockstoppers. Clockstoppers was a goddamn two thousands masterpiece. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it was a two thousands masterpiece, not <laughs> not a masterpiece outside of that context. On, on that note, uh, does someone on IMDb have what year this came out? Two thousand. Okay. Huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel I can, I felt like it was an earlier Coen Brothers movie, but yeah, it definitely felt earlier. Like, cause yeah, cause it didn't feel as developed as their like later movies that I've seen. No, again, like it, this movie really just had the one character, where some of their later stuff obviously has some very very developed uh, when like did, character what, interactions. When did Fargo come out? That was around this time, but. Because I feel like Fargo had a way better, like, more developed secondary cast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Fargo's whole thing is, like, there's kind of a main character, but it also is really about how, like, everyone all it all interacts. Hello, kitty. <laughs> yeah, Fargo was uh, 96. And the TV show's pretty good, too. Oh, TV show's very good. I guess something we could do, just because I... I want to keep discussion about this movie going, but we just kind of are all on the same page of it's generally good. So, like, what was everyone's favorite part? Whether it was something, like, within the movie's universe or whether it was, like, the shots and, like, them choosing the setting and, like, clothes or music. Like, for me, it might even just be that the whole thing comes together really well. Like, this movie feels like, to me, that when I break it down... I'm not really impressed by any one thing, but as, like, the whole is more than the sum of its parts, I think the whole thing comes together really well, and there's only a few scenes that really, yeah, make me go, like, eh, maybe unnecessary. Like, I know Tepper was saying he thought the ending was maybe a bit gratuitous, but again, I think this movie, that might be it for me, where this movie as a whole just comes together really well. Well, I already kind of stated my favorite part is the music. Uh, it's, it's still the music. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. The mu- uh, Yeah. The soundtrack's my favorite part. Uh, my favorite scene is definitely the logmen. Oh god, the logmen were so good. Well, I think my favorite scene is the siren scene. It's a very good scene. Yeah. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. Uh, but well, I I can't remember who said the comment, but they're like, always have six guys with a. Yeah. With a uh, log. That was mine. Yeah, just always have eight buff men with a log outside every club, just in case. 
I might want to misbehave then, though. Like, oh god, <laughs> strap me down to that cross. Well, that's where are they taking me? Because after they took the like, that, uh, I don't want to say senator or congressman because he was obviously like he was running, running for governor for yeah. for uh, running for governor. Sorry, um, yeah, Homer Stokes. Uh, <clears throat> but you know what I mean, like. A bunch of, some other people, like, when we saw, like, they were just, like, running that gangster down the street. Or, like, you know, they were trying to lynch people. But, like, we saw him get taken out of that building on a log, and then we yep. never saw him again. Yeah. Good. He was a rabble rouser. And again, <laughs> I'm not saying, from the he, club. Was, he was a bad person. He was leading a sect of the, the KKK. Uh, but, you know... We don't know what, and again, he off screen, whatever, like his, his plot line was over, but I don't know what they were doing to him. Torture. Oh, okay. Then yeah. T- put me on the torture log. <laughs> Presumably they were just ejecting him from the building. Cause he was rabble rousing. You just like, you get taken like a block away and told to stop. Every time you do it one block further. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of like what my favorite scene in movies because there's like a lot of individual pretty good ones uh but in terms of like outstanding yeah there are there are a bunch of scenes that like every time i see them i just like i like quote them along with it i really enjoy a lot of the scenes some very good ones yeah uh i mean like just off the top of my head the uh the kkk scene i enjoy just for the absolute absurdity of it like they just stumble on a on a rally um interrupt it drop a burning cross throw a confederate flag and save their friend like i found that pretty amusing and like fun to watch i Um, guess that's almost a motif that ties it to like adventures in the odyssey is like multiple times and they're just like walking through the woods they hear like music or chanting yeah. And, like, the first time, it's, like, people getting baptized. The second time, it's the sirens. The third time, it's, like, a KKK rally. But that kind of, like, introduces... Again, like, not necessarily a conflict, but it introduces, like, a change. Yeah, yeah. I really like how their second night out, they don't sleep in the barn, so they don't get nearly caught. Yeah, that was cute. <laughs> On the topic of the rally, there's a piece of trivia I found that it, they had hired 350 extras for it. Most were from a military formation troop, many of which were African Americans. Oh wow, that's uh, oof. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> Joel Cohen later recalled hearing one say, "This is the freakiest thing." <laughs> yeah, which is yeah, probably yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was probably like my yeah one of my favorite scenes off the top of my head. Um. Uh, I guess, like, some secondary scenes I quite enjoyed was the Cyclops grabbing the branch and beating them both uh, unconscious. Um, When they wake another one that's, like, it's not, like, incredible, but I kind of enjoyed it was uh, when they wake up after the sirens. And it's just, like, he got turned into a frog, starts wading into the water. (laughs) They just see his clothes left behind. Um... Yeah, I'd say I'd say those are like a few of my few of my favorites. Speaking of the music. Tap bars tops. Thank you for that, Jeff. Yeah, thank you. Just give me 
One moment. I'm on a new computer, so I need to... How dare you be on a new computer? Well, not a new computer. Different computer. tops. How dare you lie about the quality and, and uh, age of your computer? <laughs> I'm sorry, alright? Okay. Hell yeah. Alright, I think this is going to go into the number four. Number four. Yep. Below Back to the Future and taking out Fifth Element. Fuck. Tupper, tell us what made you make this decision. Um, like, as as we're saying, like, the movie is just really solid and well put together. And, um, like, I, I, I haven't watched all of, like, the Coen Brothers films. But I've watched a bunch and I've, I really enjoy their work, their sense of humor. Um, the surreal of their works of like the interesting characters that they create and put into this world. Um, and, uh, I just kind of liked it more than fifth element. And, um, how did like, like the other thing when I'm rating it right now is this is a movie that I want like a couple days to sleep on as well. Like to think about a bit more. And I almost wouldn't mind just like going back and watching it again. Um, because I, I feel like this is the type of movie that benefits from that. Um, so yeah, for now I'm going to put in a number four slot. Um, next time we uh, do this, I'm, it might move up to the number three slot. Um, depending how I feel about the movie. Or maybe it might like drop if I have a change of heart. But overall, like I really enjoyed it. On that rating though, as Lilu would say. Big bada boom. Bada big boom. Multi pass. Truer words were never spoken. So villain, it'll be a little bit tricky. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of like minor antagonists. Yeah. Um, I've got here a short list of the clan, law, water, fop, the natural enemy of the Dapper Dan. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Law overall is the biggest enemy for them throughout the film. Uh, but we can just do all four if you want. Like, I'm fine <laughs> Mainest with that. antagonist was Dude with Dog. Oh, I don't yeah, remember that, that, that's, that's Yeah, law. like Sunglasses, Sheriff. Because like a lot of other ones too. Like, yeah, when you look at John Goodman's Cyclops character. Sheriff Cooley. The Cyclops is supposed to be, like, a minor antagonist. Like, he doesn't show yes. up at the end. He did show up again at the rally, but then so did the um, guy running for governor because we obviously yes. <clears throat> were alluded to that he was the leader in the red robe. Yes. I don't know if we need, like, should we have some kind of democratic process about selecting who the the villain of the movie gets to be? <laughs> I mean, I vote for Sheriff Cooley plus dog. I was gonna say, I feel like it's the, it's hard to argue against the sheriff because he has the yeah. Biggest I would, I would agree with your yeah. sentiments. Um, I would put him. He's, he's definitely he's the most he's the most villainous towards them as well. Like the clan is the most villainous, but that's that's a different point. Uh, I think he's gonna go into the. Number 11 slot, knocking down Damon Killian. Damon Killian from The Running Man, and just below Biff 
from Back to the Future. So we've got a theme of right below Back to the Future. <laughs> oh, I, I just uh, just as like a brief aside, another another scene I really liked was when they pick up um, the Guitar Man in their band. I can't remember his name. Uh, and they're Tommy. yeah, yeah, Johnson. yeah, Tommy Johnson, and he's just like, I sold my soul to the devil at the crossroads, and they're all just like, okay, like what you what you sold it for. And like that, that's it. Well, I wasn't using my soul. <laughs> like, just, uh, what's the devil look like? What the white man? Yeah, well, I was gonna say, <laughs> like, we already know that it's like red and whatever. He's like, nope, he's a white man. Like, oh, that that scene was that whole scene was really good. Uh, business dads. Uh, well, the main character really was kind of. I was, yeah. gonna, I was gonna say the main character is kind of a business dad. We could we could call Ulysses Everett McGill a business dad. He wanted to go home, but you know, bit fake business because yeah. he yeah. faked his lottery yeah. and got yeah, caught. He's on. He's very much on the dad end of the business dad spectrum. Yes. Because, I mean, he's very much dad with the whole, uh, you have to have lots of sex to have lots of kids. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so, yeah, probably on, he'd, be, he'd be somewhere on the lower half. Yeah. Too dad for us. Qual- quality of the dad versus the quality of his business. I would probably... He put... has lots of business plans. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll put him into the uh, the number 10 slot, actually. How on okay. earth is Lady Business Dad 11 and not at the bottom permanently? She was the best dad. Yeah. Oh, from from uh, Warriors? Yeah. Because, well, no, because her dog was a better dad than her. True. Yes, that was Like, she, she cared about her kid. She wasn't that good at business, but she depended on, she depended on her dog to be a better dad. Still, Riddle Dad is very much he he benefits from having very short amount of time in that movie. True, to, to he, just he concentrate his business or sorry, his dad. Um, do we put him down as singing crime dad or as George Clooney dad? George oh, Clooney dad. George I mean, Clooney I like dad. the oh, I like the ring of singing crime dad. True, he can be singing crime dad. I guess I don't really care either one works. So you said the number ten spot. In between yeah. anti-business dad and archaeology business dad. Yeah. I like that anti-business dad is somehow not the least business. Uh, I think it's because he was like, I'm trying to remember. It It's Beetlejuice. He, he had remnants of such business. Yeah, yeah. Like he was trying, but he wasn't very good at trying. Um, and then Never in the Glory. Yeah, the Miguel Girls. Nice. Yeah. The Miguel Gals, or the War Miguel's, because technically they never got their name back at, as as at the end of the movie. And we warped them into our arena as soon as the movie end, folks. They're yeah. they're gonna have a numbers advantage in this fight. <laughs> yeah, there is seven of them. They even have, they they get a string. Hell yeah! They oh might my even god! Get their bomb. Yeah. In all honesty, they're 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 attached by string. No, I, th- I think at the end of the movie, they were like some of the older girls were leading uh, another girl on the string. Uh, the string was attached to mom. She was, was holding still? the youngest one, and every and the second youngest one is tied, and the rest are holding the string. That's just yeah. like you know how now we we make fun of people who have like kid leashes, but that's just like 
And I know yeah. obviously this That's movie... has been going on for so long. Exactly. But this movie is made in like 1999, 2000, but is about like the turn of the century in America. Yeah. yeah I mean, like try to keep track of seven children in the 30s. That sounds like a hassle. Try to keep track of seven children. Yeah, before before cell phones, before they, I, I can follow their Snapchats. Wow, yeah, this is quite the list with Happy, Thumbelina, Mike Parker, Puxawani, Phil, Zach Gibbs plus Bike plus Watch plus Blink-182 equals question mark, <laughs> yeah. question mark, question mark. <laughs> You're welcome for that one. I wrote that one. You can't just give him all of Blink-182. That's three... <laughs> Fully grown man. He gets Blink-182 only for a musical backtrack. Okay. Yeah. 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 He doesn't get, like, the people... Like, the people will just be in the background playing music. They will not interact. They just fuck over his stealth element, honestly. Yeah. This is interesting, because this is our first business dad who was the main character. Yeah, it's true. He was quite the compelling dad character. I mean, for the first half of the movie, we didn't even know he was a dad. <laughs> He was trying to keep it on the down low. But yeah, it's a good movie. Glad you all liked it. It's one of the movies I've seen the most. At least, especially like after, be- like past the age of like eight, when I like watch movies because I wanted to watch them and not just because I wanted to see them, which is a weird way to put that. But I just mean like when you can actually remember it and not when your parents would just be like, here's something to do for an hour. Yeah, like, I've definitely watched Chi Chi Bang Bang, like, probably dozens or maybe even, like, a hundred times, but, like, this is a movie I watch probably, like, every two years or so. Oh, brother. I think it's time for arbitrary rating. You might be right. Um, my rating is, um, one ring at the bottom of a 9,000 hectare lake. But I really like this movie. That's not actually my rating. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I give this movie 83% Clooney. Uh, I'll give this movie 7 McGill gals out of 7. I give this movie 6 Soggy Bottom Boys out of 4. Alternatively, I give this movie seven movie posters out of one. Oh my god, so many god movie posters. Oh. And they're all the same. Oh, they're all the same. Just like, oh. Uh, but yeah. Thank you all for listening. I've been your host, Ivan. I'm Connor. I'm Jeff. And I'm Tepper. You can find us all on downloadablezebras.com. And a special thanks to 8 Jazz for the use of our theme song. You can find them on YouTube, but follow the link in the description. 